Welcome to the America's Workforce Radio Podcast, the flagship production of the American Workers Radio and Podcast Network, where organized labor and its never-ending fight to protect the rights of the American worker come first. Now, presented by LIUNA, Laborers International Union of North America, here's your host, Ed Flash Ferens. The effort to keep the trains moving and what members of Congress are saying about railroad workers. Training the future workforce, a $90 million investment from our Labor Department. And today on the show, we check in with the Southwest Pipe Trades Association and the Office of Professional Employees in the state of Minnesota. Welcome to the Thursday, December 1st edition of America's Workforce, where we are available on at least six platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, and Stitcher. We have two guests on the show today. We're going to start things off with Ron Lord. Ron is the political director for the Southwest Pipe Trades Association website. Real simple, southwestpipetrades.com. little background He's a native Texan, worked for the Texas Controller of Public Accounts in the Texas General Land Office, was a chief of staff to a Houston City Council member, did some political consulting on several races in Houston. And just prior to becoming the political director for the Southwest Pipe Trades Association, he was a regional manager for the International Association of Plumbing and Mechanical Officials For almost 20 years. So as political director, that position assists all the locals in, check this out, Oklahoma, New Mexico, and Texas, all associated with the United Association of Plumbers, Pipe Fitters, HVAC Techs, and Sprinkler Fitters. And I'll tell you, that's a heck of an organization. They were chartered back in 1914. They proudly serve the highly trained journeymen and apprentice plumbers, pipe fitters, welders, sprinkler fitters, service techs, and they cover 13 local unions, energy sector, fabrication, fire protection, green technologies, heating, cooling, welding, and plumbing. Quite an organization. We're going to talk about the results on uh, November 8th, how elections have consequences. How many times have you heard me say elections matter? There is a direct connection with those in office and what you end up with on your paycheck. That is so darn true. We're going to talk about re-engaging labor in the political process. I know there's a lot of people say, ah, it's the same thing all over again. Nobody changes anything. Well, that's not very true. No, 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 no. Ron's going to explain all of that. And he's also going to talk about uh, how labor partners with other organizations to Get the word to members and uh, create that change. That's what it's all about. Kelsey Anderson will be joining us later in the show, and she comes to us from the Office of Professional Employees, Local 12. Website is opeiu12.org. She is uh, associated with a company called Health Partners. Been there for about five years, and she became involved in the union after a contract vote, and then she became a steward. Kelsey believes that the voice is the strongest weapon and encourages people every day to use one. 
In 2019, Kelsey was nominated and elected as Local 12's vice president and is actively involved in social justice and workers' rights. Her dad, now retired, worked as a teamster for 30 years. Her dad's hard work inspired Kelsey's great work ethic, taught her to appreciate the union and what being a member meant for her family. So we'll talk about organizing. We're seeing a lot of that happen in the the Office of Professional Employees. Talking about first contracts, they did reach one with Osberg University. And ratified after negotiating for over a year. Another is a land stewardship project. Institute for Local Self-Reliance. These are these are nonprofits. And it's interesting working at a nonprofit because you have to be really dedicated. You usually don't make that much money. And you, a lot of times you're working for nothing because something has to be done by a certain time. And it's not like a nine to five job. So as a result, there's been a lot of organizing in that sector, and Kelsey, Kelsey Anderson, is proof that you can make things happen. And she'll be our second guest on the show. Now, a brief look into the world of labor. This segment brought to you by the good folks at Boyd Watterson Asset Management. Well, as you know, the big story in the country right now is whether or not there's going to be a strike in the rail industry. Well, the U.S. House moved urgently yesterday to head that off by passing a bill that would bind companies and workers to a proposed settlement that was reached back in September, but then again rejected by some of the unions. Again, right now, 12 unions, eight of them are on board. Four, not the case. The measure passed by a vote of 290 to 137, and now heads to the Senate. If approved there, it will be signed by President Biden, who said, and I quote, without the certainty of a final vote to avoid a shutdown, railroads will begin to halt the movement of critical materials like chemicals to clean our drinking water as soon as this weekend. Now, the deadline's been moving. Right now, the strike deadline has been posted at December 9th, which is a week from tomorrow. Business groups, that includes the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, the farmers, they warned that halting rail service would cost $2 billion a day to the economy. $2 billion a day. Now, The bill would impose a compromise labor agreement worked out by the Biden administration. Marty Walsh was the individual that kind of pushed this forward. And uh, it would cover roughly 115,000 employees at the large railroads. Lawmakers from both parties expressed reservations about overriding the negotiations, especially the Democrats, because the Democrats, many of them in bed with unions and they don't want to impose a contract. So the issue, and this is something we've reported on the show relentlessly, is not necessarily the pay. No, the wages are fine. Wages are fine. It's the sick leave. So Nancy Pelosi, the House Speaker, currently responded to that concern by adding a second vote yesterday that would add seven days of paid sick leave per year for rail workers covered under the agreement. 
However, it will only take effect if the Senate goes along and passes both measures. That's not likely to happen. And I'll tell you, the rail industry doesn't like that at all. Ian Jeffries is head of a lobby group for the rail industry. And he says, unless Congress wants to become the de facto endgame for future negotiations, any effort to put its thumb on the bargaining scale to artificially advantage either party or otherwise obstruct a swift resolution would be wholly irresponsible. Now, on the other hand, the Transportation Trades Department of the AFL-CIO, in fact, we had him on the show on Monday of this week, they praised the vote to add sick time and told lawmakers who voted against it that they abandon their working class constituents. So that's where we are right now. And a number of congressmen and women are speaking out. One of them, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she said she's standing with the rail workers. She said the railroad workers grind themselves to the bone for this country as their labor produces billions for Wall Street. Well, that's, that's definitely the case. Jamal Bowman, Democrat out of New York, tweeted that he can't in good conscience vote for a bill that doesn't give rail workers the paid leave that they deserve. Rokana, Democrat out of California, deemed it absurd that the agreement only provides the workers one paid sick day and asserted that we need to stand with workers. Now, the industry said, okay, it is one day, and you know we could settle this down the road. Well, <laughs> they've been talking about that for quite some time. And obviously, the workers figure, you know what? <laughs> They're up against the wall. Let's get this done now. Then there's Bernie Sanders emphasizing the record-breaking profits raked in by the rail industry last year, and he demanded that Congress must stand with rail workers. And then there's Marco Rubio, Republican out of Florida. He said, and this is in a tweet, that he will not vote to impose a deal that doesn't have the support of rail workers and encourage the railways and their employees to negotiate a deal with the workers. Not just the union bosses, he said. He got to get that in there. Come on. (laughs) Come on. Jeez. But anyway, people are speaking out. We'll see what happens. We'll keep you posted right here on America's Workforce. Well, I got some good news out of the uh, Labor Department to help remove academic and training barriers faced by young people. The U.S. Department of Labor yesterday announced a $90 million funding opportunity in what they call a Youth Build Program. And these are grants to support pre-apprenticeships in high-demand industries, including, number one, construction, healthcare, information technology, and hospitality. The grants will support occupational skills training, employment services, and educational guidance to disadvantaged young people. We're talking ages between 16 and 24. And these are in communities where barriers to basic academic and career skills development exist. This will be administered 
by the Department's Employment and Training Administration and supported by the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act. The grants will fund approximately 75 projects nationwide. Individual grants going anywhere from 700000 to $1.5 million. Now, in August of this year, the Labor Department added the Youth Build Program to the Biden-Harris administration's Justice 40 initiative, which aims to ensure that 40% of the overall benefits of certain federal investments flow to disadvantaged communities. Many communities that are overburdened by pollution. So they want to clean up those communities and do it with these grants. And uh, they pointed out a couple of areas here. One is in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. They call this Operation Fresh Start. It provides mental health counseling to all Youth Build program participants. They're partnering with uh, the schools. And uh, they're also looking at high school dropouts, make sure that they can get their GED, move on with their career, get them skills in construction, forestry, you name it. Uh, In New York, this is in uh, North Brooklyn, New York. They're offering training in construction and healthcare with a range of credentials available to participants. Participants in the construction pathway build three affordable housing units for the community and earn certifications in green construction. And then in Denver, what they call the Mile High Youth Corps trains youth to earn the Home Builders Institute's pre-apprenticeship certificate training, core curriculum certification, and uh, green building certification. So this is interesting. Once again, Marty Walsh and his team doing the right job to make sure that communities that are pretty much compromised can change the dynamics, especially with young people. Good stuff. All right, quick break. When we come back, we're going to check in with the Southwest Pipe Trades Association. You're listening to America's Workforce with Ed Flash Ferrans. It takes Lyuna to build North America's infrastructure. From roads and bridges to schools and skyscrapers, the men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, build the projects we depend on. From constructing the Freedom Tower on the site of the former World Trade Center to untangling Washington, D.C.'s congested interstate, Lyuna members do the work that matters. Find out what it takes to be built by Lyuna at lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. We're the nurses, firefighters, and claims representatives that help keep our government services running. We respond to natural disasters. We care for our nation's veterans. And we investigate discrimination in the workplace. We are federal and D.C. government workers. And we are proud to serve the American people. Working in more than 70 agencies across the government, we know we can fulfill our mission because our union has our back. Learn more at AF. 
AFGE.org. Paid for by the American Federation of Government Employees, AFL-CIO. America's Workforce Radio is sponsored in part by the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, District Council 6, representing painters, glazers, drywall finishers, and sign and display industry workers. They remind you that belonging to a union is your right as an American. The United Steelworkers of America represent over 70,000 workers in the state of Ohio. Steelworker members enjoy the benefits of some of the best contracts of any workers in the world. Many of your friends, neighbors, and relatives are members of one of the most effective Democratic unions in our country. With the pressures unorganized workers are under in today's economy, you need to join them. So call the Steelworkers Organizing Office at 216-292-5683 or toll-free at 1-800-443-3752. Hi, this is Liz Schuler, president of the AFL-CIO, and I am a huge fan of Flash and America's Workforce Radio and Podcast. Now, back to Ed Flash Ferrens with America's Workforce. And don't forget, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. Real simple there. AWF Union Podcast. AWF Union Podcast. Before we check in with our first guest, I uh, want to just reference here the Southwest Pipe Trades Association. Our guest is going to be uh, Ron Lord, who serves as political director. This association is comprised of 13 United Association of Local Unions throughout Texas, Oklahoma, in New Mexico, I want to do a shout out here for some of the locals. We got uh, local 412 in Albuquerque in Houston. It's local 68 in uh, Columbia, Maryland. Now, this is a national organization. In fact, we featured them on the show a couple of times, the Sprinkler Fitters. That's local 669. Waco, Texas, that's 529. Austin, that's uh, local 286. There's another local in Houston here, 211. San Antonio, 142. In Dallas, it's local 100. Northwest Texas, it's local 404. And then we go to Oklahoma, and we have one local there. That would be 430. So a little shout-out here. Let's go to uh, line number one and welcome the political director, for the Southwest Pipe Trades Association, and that would be Mr. Ronald Lord. Ron Lord from Austin, Texas, the the blue spot in Texas. How are we doing today, brother? Doing well, brother. Doing very well. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So you have an interesting background. It looks like you uh, you worked for the state of Texas. You got involved in the, the pipe trades and all that. Talk to me about uh, how that all happened, how that unraveled for you. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I, um, I've, I've been uh, able to work for uh, different agencies, the comptroller's office, the, the general land office, so I went from uh, collecting taxes to protecting the coastline for Texas. So uh, it's been interesting. But I also worked for a, a congressman for a couple of years in D.C. as a legislative aide. So uh, and then I worked for a nonprofit for uh, almost 20 years. So um, done a, a lot of different things um, and was uh, able to. Uh, come on with the the UA uh, about a year and a half ago to help move uh, some issues for them in the, in Texas and Oklahoma and New Mexico. What kind of issues are we talking about? What can you be specific on those? <laughs> well, when I came on, it was to protect the plumbing license in the state of Texas. Uh, there's a process in Texas called the Sunset Review. 
um, and it's run by the Sunset Review Commission, and they review if a state agency needs to continue. And so the legislature uh, has a committee. They'll uh, go through all the aspects of uh, an agency, and they'll decide if it needs to move forward or not. And the Texas Board of Plumbing Examiners was one of those agencies. And during their review, they saw quite a few issues. And um, the legislative process, there was a bill to keep it going, but that was um, uh, rejected by the body. And so I came on uh, towards the end of the legislature uh, to try to help revive that and get it uh, through. And luckily, working with a, a wide variety of industry supporters and partners, we were able to uh, get that uh, rectified and um, a lot of bipartisan support for getting the the protections of the board back up and running. So that was a an interesting legislative fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always a fight. Always a fight. Well, the key word in there is bipartisan. And we, in, in your territory there, you, you got your work cut out for you. Maybe you could speak to that as far as it, did that require just a lot of educating of the members over there? Because a lot of people don't even know what you guys do. Yeah, you, you got to be honest there, right? What, 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 well, can, can you yeah. Uh, and, and, and using the word members, you know, uh, not just the elected officials, but, um, you know, our union brothers and sisters, we we need to represent them. And in Texas, the, the, the fact is um, they are members of both political parties. And we, as uh, union officials, need to represent them. And so going to the legislature, we need to talk to the elected officials to say, hey, we have members on both sides of this aisle and we need to talk to their um, needs. And you can't just lump our organization into one side or the other. So that Mm -hmm. that took some time as well. Yeah. It sounds like you're making some headway, though. Wouldn't you uh, wouldn't you agree? Well, there are going to be folks that you're never going to be able to convince. Just one example, I remember speaking with the, the manager out of the Dallas area, and he told me of a discussion he had with a state rep that who <laughs> basically told him he didn't believe people had the right to organize at all. Mm-hmm. So when you have a, an elected official that that pretty much – negates your basic right you can't you can't negotiate with that 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 yeah. that's a bridge too far now are there both parties that there's some extreme sure but you know when you know it's always amazed me where uh, the second amendment is held so perfectly and recited and and been tattooed on guys but the first amendment seems to always get the 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 pass by and they yeah. don't realize that that's just as much a right for us to to organize as is uh you know carrying a weapon so yeah. um and so yeah it's been an education on a lot of levels of hey you know we have members that that you know we want to work with um but we need some some basic agreements on 
working family issues. And, and there are, you know, I, I know several members on both sides that, you know, we, uh, one of the big issues for us is prevailing wage. Mm-hmm. And, and if they support prevailing wage, then we're going to tend to support them, uh, regardless of what letter, letter follows their name. Um, and and uh, we've found some members on both sides that will support those issues, and we're going to support them. So that's where that's that's kind of our basic criteria is uh, if you can if you can support our issues, then we can we can work with you. And yeah. uh, if you can't support them, then we're gonna we're gonna go from there. <laughs> Well, Ron, I mean, if you take a look at the history of America here and you add the union component, things have changed so dramatically. You you mentioned prevailing wage. That was a Republican thing back in the Great Depression, you know, Mm -hmm. because because there people were getting screwed on wages. They were coming to certain parts of the country, uh, moving into areas, and then they were paid peanuts practically. And it was hurting yeah. those various communities. But there's a time in America. My point here is that a lot of Republicans, a lot of conservatives were on the side of unions. And you can think back to oh, yeah. uh, when we built the highway system, when Eisenhower was president. I mean, mm-hmm. they call that a socialist thing. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> Federal money for a highway. What's wrong with you? Now look at it. Now look at it. I mean, it, the dynamics have changed. Now it's changed a military. Yeah. Yeah. Now you wrap it in uh, military uh, uh, response, then everyone supports it. So it's, it's yeah, amazing yeah. how if, if you tweak your argument just a little bit, you know, Obamacare, you know, a lot of people, uh, uh, like I said, I worked in Congress uh, and uh, for a, a congressman back in the 90s uh, when Clinton was President Clinton was trying to get health care. Uh, Newt Gingrich came up with a plan. Guess whose plan his suggestion mirrors very closely? Obamacare, the one they hate so much. <laughs> Newt Gingrich came up with the idea of, of those. Right. And so it's just you tweak your argument a little bit, and all of a sudden everybody either supports or goes against it one way. Or, but it's exactly. so entrenched right now in D.C. Um and I was just at a legislative uh, review uh, uh, yesterday with some state uh, reps and a state senator, Carol Alvarado in Texas, that uh, warned uh, a state rep who happens to be at a conference in D.C. Uh, this week, but zoomed in, uh, asked him not to pick up any bad habits up there because nobody can work together in D.C., but they work together in Texas. And so that's that's kind of the thing that, that we try to talk to members, too, is, you know, we need to solve things. There's a lot of problems, and, and political, you know, partisan bickering doesn't solve anything. And yeah, yeah. So that's, that's kind of the the thing we go into their offices and try to try to solve something. Yeah. They're real good at calling things out and complaining. This is no good. That's no good. But what about solutions? I mean, how about some solutions to the problem? Because that's exactly what the people want. There's no question. So, so how did we do in the midterms in, in Texas over there? Well, actually you've got a couple of States. I mean, we're talking New Mexico and Oklahoma altogether, but you're the political director for that area. How would you, how would you grade it, Ron? 
<laughs> you know, is uh, surprisingly not as big a, uh, you know, when uh, early on it was, oh, it's going to be a horrible election. Then, um, because it just seemed like it was a midterm and, and no one was going to really turn out. And so yeah. it looked like it was going to be your usual um, switch to the other party kind of election. Um but really, at the end of the day, there was a couple of races that, you know, that that went our way and a couple of races that didn't. And it's kind of a wash, to be honest with you. I was mm-hmm. kind of surprised that at, um, it really just stayed pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Which is actually um, a step in the right direction when you think about it. Well, it, it's the redistricting is has is a part of that you know the the turnout was okay but you know still is like a midterm you know it wasn't a huge number of people that's one thing that we're always trying to figure out new ways of uh, getting members to go vote and you know the the ways we used to do you know phone banking and and mail just simply don't work it's uh, it's really come down to folks will respond more to uh, a union member going to their door, knocking on it, and, and trying to talk to them face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've been trying to do that more and more. Yeah, it's called re-engaging labor. You know what, Ron? I want to talk more about that. Ron Lauren is our guest on the show today. Well, one of them anyway. He comes to us from the Southwest Pipe Trades Association, which is based in Austin, Texas. Southwestpipetrades.com, all part of the United Association. Powerful union in America. Kelsey Anderson will be joining us later in the show on behalf of the Minnesota Office of Professional Employees. Back in a few minutes. This is America's Workforce. More shows available at awfradio.com. It takes Lyuna to power North America with affordable energy. The men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, have the skills needed to build and maintain oil, natural gas, nuclear, solar, and wind projects that are shaping America's energy future. From new energy tech to retrofitted facilities, Lyuna members do it all. Find out what it takes to be powered by Lyuna at Lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A. America's Workforce appreciates our sponsor, the Columbus Central Ohio Building and Construction Trades Council, who represents more than 18,000 workers from 19 affiliated local unions and district councils. The AFL-CIO is a proud sponsor of America's Workforce Radio. United by efforts to raise wages, listeners to this show and workers all across America are beginning to turn a corner and drive the economic debate. The AFL-CIO is comprised of 12.5 million working people, but we stand with and fight for everyone who is working for a better life. For more information about our Raising Wages agenda, go to AFL-CIO.org. Hello from the Communication Workers of America, District 4. We are a labor union representing a vast array of workers in different industries, including the Association of Flight Attendants, Telecommunications, CWA Passenger Services, Public Health Care, and Education Workers, the IUE 
CWA Industrial Division, the National Association of Broadcast Employees, the CWA News Guild, not to mention our growing digital sector, and many others. If you're interested in organizing your work group or learning more about what it means to be CWA strong, visit our website at www.cwad4.org. That's cwad4.org. A great union requires a reliable election system. Survey and Ballot Systems is a trusted election partner with more than 30 years of expertise in managing union elections. By partnering with SBS, your union can ensure it gets an auditable process and a high level of customer service. SBS is here to help you conduct your union vote securely, transparently, and with trust building always in mind. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com to learn more. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And don't forget, you can check us out on at least six platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, and Stitcher. And when you get an opportunity, just do this. Sign up and receive our shows on a regular basis and give us a rating. We always appreciate those five-star ratings, so please keep them coming. Before we uh, rejoin Ron Lord here, I just want to give a plug to yesterday's show. We had Scott Paul on from the Alliance for American Manufacturing one of our proud sponsors, and we're talking about the 2022 Made in America Holiday Gift Guide. So important that you uh, purchase American-made goods. And also, if you search the Internet for union-made goods, you can find a lot there. So support either union-made, American-made. I mean, this is a union show. Obviously, I want you to buy union-made products. In fact, Scott was telling us yesterday that ChapStick, okay, this is the time where you use ChapStick. It's made by the Steelworkers Union. Yeah, in the in the companies around around the uh, around the country. Chapstick is a product of the United Steelworkers, another sponsor of America's workforce. So do check that out. Americanmanufacturing.org. Let's go back to Austin, Texas right now. Rejoin Ron Lord, who is the political director for the Southwest Pipe Trades Association, and uh, that association represents three states: Texas, Oklahoma, and New Mexico. Ron Talk to me about um, re-engaging labor. And there's a lot of people, especially in the political process here, and there's a lot of people that are turned off by politics. Let's be honest. They say that it's the same old thing all over again. Nothing's going to change. Um, unions have done a lot. I know they were very, very active in the midterms, and they definitely uh, made made an imprint, and they made a difference in various states, clearly in uh, Arizona, and Nevada, Pennsylvania, I mentioned the steelworkers, they were very active there, and they turned that state around. Um, you said that the old methods don't work. What, what do we need to do here to, to get members engaged? What's your, what's your take on that? Well, it, that, that is a tough issue because, uh, especially for our members, Right now, you, you make hay when you when you can, and there's a lot of work. I mean, we're just short-handed, and so you know what we would do is, in the past is work with um, what we call guys on the bench. You know, somebody's not working, we would utilize them in campaigns and and um, you know have our members go and talk to our own members. But because everybody's working right now, 
it's so difficult to do that. So Mm -hmm. what we try to do is have other, um, you know, you mentioned partnerships. We try to work with other uh, locals in the area and hire their members. As long as it's a union member reaching out to another union member, we feel like that's a good contact. And so uh, it's, it's been um, in several areas of Texas. What we did was set up uh, programs to have block walks, and uh, that's been working well uh, to engage members. Uh, it's just we're still not getting uh, you know the numbers uh, we'd like to see, but you know we, um, turnout's always an issue and. And uh, it, I wish I had the answer to it, but, you know, we think that the best way is to try to just uh, get union members to talk to other union members. Uh, I know the, the teachers unions have, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny, uh, these partnerships do pop up every once in a while. You know, the teachers union, uh, they're not paid very well at all in Texas. And so, uh, you know, there's been a lot of bond issues. And we have trouble with schools, uh, school districts, because they don't enforce prevailing wage a lot in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we'll partner with the teachers on their issues and our issues and work on some of these elections like bond uh, elections to either support or uh, oppose them based on our discussions with those uh, school districts. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, trying to get those uh, members from from other internationals to help us with uh, with uh, political action committees or or uh, or uh, get out the vote programs. That's, that's something that we we try to do. Uh, in this past cycle, we we did quite a bit around the state. As a matter of fact, Ron, you mentioned partnering with a number of organizations. Is that specific to organized labor, or are there any groups that you might be associating with? in that area and we're talking texas oklahoma and new mexico that uh, that you can probably get the vote out even more what's is any of that happening yeah, we predom- we predominantly work with uh, other labor organizations uh you know there was a, a a large effort in the houston area uh there was a, a the flco central labor council in bear county uh, had a, a, a get out the vote program. Um, um, there was a working families uh, uh, coalition in the Corpus Christi area that worked with uh, several groups, including labor, but also uh, some groups that were working on women's issues as well. So, uh, and, a, and a couple of elected officials uh, also participated. So we try to partner with uh, folks who will support working family issues, you know, good, good wages, health care. Um, so, again, you know, like I mentioned previously with elected officials, if organizations will support our issues uh, and, and uh, their issues are focused on uh, working families, then we'll work, we'll partner with them on, um, you know, trying to get, um, our members educated on those issues and trying to get them to the, to the polls. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we do try to partner with whoever we can, you know, uh, uh, um, 
uh, an issue that's coming up uh, that's been discussed a lot, but um, uh, alternative fuel and alternative uh, uh, power production, you know, uh, and uh, Climate uh, climate change. Uh, the Texas AFLCO has a climate change project, and we've been partnering with a lot of organizations, uh, including uh, some uh, oil companies, uh, surprisingly, who are uh, going into uh, alternative energy production. Yeah. And it's an area where the UA can get into geothermal uh, work uh, down in South Texas. And so... Uh, looking at new um, new partners, it's something that the UA is uh, really trying to uh, push the envelope. It's funny you mention that because uh, we did a show a couple of days ago with uh, a guest dealing with the offshore wind industry, and you know who's uh, who's who's uh, supplying the money on that one? Shell, Shell Oil. They have a division yeah. of alternative energy. So yeah, that's popping up all around the country. Yeah, there's there's a lot of excitement when it comes to the future in various parts of the country. And obviously, I, I know you got to fight the right to work and all that kind of stuff down there, but you got to keep moving forward. Ron Lord joining us on our show today, political director of the Southwest Pipe Trades Association affiliated with the United Association. Very, very powerful union. We're talking about the United Association of Plumbers, Pipe Fitters, HVAs, C-Tex and Sprinkler Fitters. You take care, my brother. Um, keep in touch with us and keep moving forward, okay? Thank you very much. Thank you for uh, this opportunity and uh, look forward to having a discussion the next uh, uh, cycle and see. We'll, we can uh, discuss how that goes the next presidential elections. There you go. Southwestpipetrades.com is a website. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to check in with the Office of Professional Employees in the state of Minnesota. This is America's Workforce. It takes Lyuna to keep America running. Over 70,000 public employees are part of LIUNA, the Laborers International Union of North America, delivering critical services such as health care and emergency response, as well as maintaining roads and sanitation systems. Even the National Postal Mail Handlers Union, representing over 47,000 U.S. postal workers, is affiliated with LIUNA. Find out what it takes for LIUNA to keep America running at LIUNA.org. That's L-I-U-N-A. Org. There is unity and strength for workers. We are the USW. We are the USW. The, the United, United Steelworkers. Steel the largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in, in the, the US, US, Canada, and, and the, the Caribbean. Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper, oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector. We are Steelworkers. Standing strong and fighting for what's right. America's Workforce is sponsored in part by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at boydwatterson.com. 
hire union musicians. Call Music Talent of Cleveland at 216-881-1802. Call Music Talent of Cleveland as your dependable source for professional musicians in Northeast Ohio. Union musicians add harmony to weddings, elegance to parties, and uplifting music for all events. Music Talent of Cleveland contracts solo and ensemble musicians as well as bands and orchestras for single engagements. So hire union musicians. Call Music Talent of Cleveland today. 216-881-1802. Buildings, bridges, skyscrapers, and more. Structures that are the face of our cities and towns were built by members of the Iron Workers Union. That's why it's important that our workforce of over 130,000 iron workers continues to be the safest and best trained in the field. With 154 training centers, we invest over $90 million annually in safety and training. We're growing the next generation of union iron workers. There are so many reasons to put your trust in our iron workers and their employers. Learn more about us at ironworkers.org. Now, back to Ed Flash Ferrens with America's Workforce. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the United Labor Agency. You can find more at ulagency.org. Let's go to the state of Minnesota right now. And joining us on line number two is Kelsey Anderson. We had Kelsey on the show about a year ago. And she comes to us from the Office of Professional Employees. Website is opeiu12.org. And that's the Minnesota Office of Professional Employees. Kelsey Anderson, welcome back to America's Workforce. It's been a long time. How has uh, 2022 been for you in organizing the Office of Professional Employees? Let's start right there. We've been very busy, and there have been quite a few contract wins, um, first contract wins. I think last time I was talking to you, um, we were in the midst of organizing Augsburg. Um, They were finally recognized as a union, and they just recently ratified their contract. Oh, very good. Was that a pretty difficult procedure for you? Oh, yeah. Um, They were... um, they were negotiating, I believe, for 19 months. Um, the administration was really, uh, really standing strong against them, but they wouldn't give up. Um, they managed to win um, six weeks paid parental leave. Um, they got some annual increases, um, longevity in addition to their salary, um, and amongst other things um, like strong language um, in regards to discipline and, and other stuff as well. So they really did a good job at the bargaining table and, and holding strong. So that's a, it's a very good staff union. Um, I'm very proud of them. Well, you should be. It, it took a long time. I'm sure there was a lot of frustration going through that. But, you know, you, the end result is what matters. That's exactly what matters here. So congratulations on that. What's this other uh, issue here? Land Stewardship Project and the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. These are all nonprofits then, right? Right. Yeah. Um, these are all nonprofits. We've been organizing a ton of different um, nonprofits at um, OPEIU, and these are all first contracts that we have gotten, and they've they've gotten some pretty good um, first contracts with them, like Land Stewardship Project. Um, they got like eight weeks um, employer PTO, employer paid PTO, I should say, uh, for parental leave, serious um, illness or um, 
for their self or their family member. Um, Minnesota Voice and the Youth Collective, they won um, like comp time and strong language that helps prevent um, worker burnout. The Institute for Self-Reliance as another nonprofit. We have a number of nonprofits that have gotten first contracts and they're doing very well. So I'm very proud of all of them. Well, you said something there that caught my attention, worker burnout. And, and I was talking mm-hmm. about nonprofits. In fact, I have worked over the years with a couple of nonprofits. And, and there's you know some very dedicated people there. They, they work hard, long hours sometimes so long that they're actually not even you know making money during that time so that's essentially why we're seeing a lot of organizing going on uh is that Mm -hmm. pretty much happening to your knowledge all around the country i mean you're speaking from you know minnesota obviously but is is that happening in various parts of the country right now yeah, I mean, I, I believe so. I know that, um, I mean, we, we're also union people, too, so we're nonprofit as well. I mean, I think anybody who works in nonprofit and cares about people just are just inherently ready to jump to do anything to for the cause, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they forget that they have to take care of themselves. And I think it's really important for unions and for people that are advocating for them to remind them that they have to also take care of themselves before they take care of other people. Exactly. And getting that language in um, in the contract is very important. And this language that we've gotten in the, in the contract from Minnesota Voice and Minnesota Youth Collective um, is really good language that I'm kind of impressed with. And it's, it's pretty good to be able to do that because it kind of it gives them the autonomy to be able to talk to their leaders and, and just say, hey, listen, I, I need a break. And their leaders are like contractually obligated to say, OK, all right, let's let's talk about this and and work something out. And mm-hmm. I think that that's absolutely wonderful. And I think it's also wonderful that their companies their the nonprofits are willing to sit down and and negotiate that as well. Kelsey, I'm reading that uh, you and a number of folks from International went down to Texas recently for some training on political activism. And, you know, you know, there's a connection between your benefits, your paycheck and what happens in the political arena. Can you uh, can you talk about that? That had to be an interesting experience for you. Oh, my goodness. That was a super fun trip. Um, We were able to learn so much about the history of political activism, why it was why it's important to um, be involved. I think a lot of people in the union world are tend tend to be and I'm guilty of this myself too. tend to shy away from politics. They just want to just focus on the grievances, focus on the organizing. But Mm -hmm. A big part of our benefits, a big part of our the right to organize and everything like that does rest in government and politics. And we need to make sure that we can hold our government and the people that are in government accountable to make sure that our rights are protected. And in order to do that, we have to know the history behind it. We have to understand why, um, how to do it and how to talk to people and how to make sure that... Um, the people who are getting into government um, stay there that know 
that care about labor rights. And so part of that is also part of the labor, the political activism that we were learning about was how to organize around it, door knocking, phone calls, um, texting campaigns, how to talk to our coworkers about politics. And it, I think inherently we've also all been indoctrinated into believing that um, you don't talk about politics, right? It's an uncomfortable conversation, but um, we need to learn a healthy way to be able to talk about these kinds of things that affect us because it is our healthcare. It is our, you know, well-being and it is our wages. And um, we were also learning about um, the disparities between um, executives and, you know, the lowest paid employee, which is um, vastly different now than it was just 40 years ago. And there's a reason for that. And we have mm-hmm. to be able to understand where that comes from and, and be able to figure out where that history is. And I think this training that was um, put on was actually created by people at the CWA. Um, union and mm-hmm. they're they're passing this along and I think this is an excellent training and I honestly think that every single union should start teaching um, their members about this and start working on it. You know, Kelsey, the CWA, the Communication Workers of America, is one of the uh, many proud sponsors of America's workforce and yes, they are very, very politically active and they've accomplished a lot of things, positive things because of their political action. Uh, just a little bit of time left here. I'd like to get your point of view on uh, going into the new year. I mean, it's December 1st. The year's almost over with. It's hard to believe it went by this quickly. But how do we look for 2023 for organizing and all that good stuff? I think we got a lot of big things coming up. Um, we actually have several leads, leads that aren't even public yet, so I can't talk too much about them. But um, we're hoping to... I'm hoping that if you invite me on next year, I'll be able to talk about them then. And we'll have several more um, possibly healthcare um, places, possibly some more higher education, who knows. Um, But we'll see what happens. And I think they're pretty promising. Um, But they're still very much in the early stages. So we don't don't know what's gonna come. But I'm hoping by spring, they'll be public. And um, we'll be able to um, we'll be able to get going on these things and start really um, making some positive change here in Minnesota for some more workers. I love it. Well, Kelsey, the door is always open to you. Okay, that's what this show is all about. We try to get to as many unions as possible. I mean, workers rights, labor rights, you name it, civil rights, they all kind of meld together here and we want to make sure that those voices are heard so you keep in touch with us and stay strong and stay safe in the new year okay all right thank you very much you have a wonderful week kelsey anderson president of the minnesota office of professional employees o-p-e-i-u number 12 o-p-e-i-u 12.org that's it for another edition of america's workforce coming up tomorrow the central ohio building trades and it's our first friday with fred Until then, all of you have a safe and wonderful day. That concludes another episode of the America's Workforce Radio Podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. America's Workforce is a production of Labor Tools and BMA Media Group. Find out more information online at labortools.com.